and welcome to On The Move, a podcast from women and automotive technology. My name is Karolina Hachulska, and I'm your co-host. My name is Lisa Franklin, and I'm your co-host as well. Today, we spoke with Estefania Stopani, who's a first-generation American who has a very interesting story. Our discussion revolved around recruiting, what that's what she does, and basically recruiting all the smartest people in AVs, EVs, and robotics. And currently, she launched her own talent accelerator around the startups working in that space. I really enjoyed speaking with her. What do you think? I loved it as well. I Probably the thing that stood out to me the most was her piece of advice. Whenever she's doing recruiting these days, not always is she looking from people that their background match one-to-one what the requirements are. And that's because, frankly, a lot of the companies she works with are trying to solve for something that has never been done before. So it really matters more that you have transferable skills and you can learn and you can, you know, uh, hit the ground running more than whether you did exactly what's in the requirement. And I think she really walks the walk because that's exactly what happened to her before she went into Waymo and did all the amazing things around recruiting for smartest engineers. She actually was in sales. So obviously there's some transferable skills that she could use to be very successful at a very new environment. So I really, really enjoyed uh, that piece of advice and everything she had to share with us. Me too. Without further ado, here's our conversation with Estefania Stopani. Enjoy! Hi. So where are we finding you today? Where are you today? Hello. I am currently in Newport Beach in Southern California. But I, as I mentioned, I was... Uh, recently in the Bay Area. So I'm back and forth to Silicon Valley and Orange County. Well, I'm in the Bay Area today. And Carolina, where are you? I'm in Poland. This time I'm in Poland. So quite a few hours ahead of you. Nine hours, I guess. Wow. So we're stretched around, but we're happy to speak with you today. And I guess let's just start at the beginning. Like you've had a, a, Steph, you've had a really interesting and varied path to where you are today. And maybe you could just tell us a little bit, like, how did you arrive at what you do now? And how did you get involved in emerging automotive technologies and AVs and recruiting? Yes, it's it's certainly been a journey. I guess I'll start in college where I decided to focus or specialize on entrepreneurship. And that was in 2010, 2012, when the whole startup world was beginning to become more and more popular. I come from a family of entrepreneurs as well. So I've always had that entrepreneurial bone in me. And after I graduated from USC, I My first job was being the first salesperson at a startup in what we call in Southern California, Silicon Beach, which was in in Venice Beach. I was the first salesperson and then I became a sales manager. I started recruiting sales members for my team. And that's kind of where I built this this knack of recruiting and I really enjoyed it. So I propelled that and started 
recruiting for engineers on the team, product managers, and kind of helped scale that. And that's when I decided to fully jump into recruiting. And I, one pivotal moment was I wanted to, I realized I wanted to be entrenched in the next big thing in technology. So I moved up to the Bay Area. I got a job at Waymo and this was 2017. And this was still the early days at Waymo when people really were skeptical or very skeptical about the autonomous vehicle industry. And even there was a lot of fear around that too from uh, the public, but I I thought it was super exciting. I still do. That's and a big leap to be able to do that, to go from LA to the Bay Area and work for Waymo as your kind of... The- yes, <laughs> it, it, was, it was such a driving force. I, I remember not being, just being so excited. I thought, wow, I can't believe, like, I was like, mom, dad, I made it. And they're like, what, what is this autonomous vehicle stuff you talk about? So I was super excited and I was very fortunate to have a lot of visibility with the C-suite at Waymo. And so I hired for them. I did a lot of executive hiring, not only in the Bay Area, but also in Detroit where we had offices and in Hyderabad, India. Um, and so I hired, you know, head of real estate, head of strategy, head of engineering ops, you name it. And that's where I really developed my skill to build out very nuanced roles. I remember there was the head of infrastructure strategy and optimization lead, and there was only a handful of people in the world that could do this job. So these are very unique roles that I had to fill at an executive level. And so every process was different. It was very ad hoc. And that's what I actually loved about it because recruiting can get a little monotonous, but my job sure wasn't. And so I had a ton of visibility. I learned a lot there. Um, Those were my my heydays of, of recruiting internally for a big tech company or a bigger tech company. And then fast forward, uh, the former COO of Y Combinator, Castor Yunus, launched his autonomous vehicle software company. And so I joined that team and I built out teams in all over the world. Um, so in Stockholm, Munich, Tokyo, Seoul, to name a few, also Detroit, Vancouver, LA, San Francisco. And I really like the aspect of building out teams from, from zero to one. So laying out the infrastructure, dealing with the regulations of those geographical regions, the cultural nuances, there's certainly a learning curve for those. And it's just really exciting because it's also, you know, hiring roles that are quite difficult in the AV space from sales to product to deployment engineers to software engineers, simulations, PhD type of hires, you name it, the whole gamut. And so I started, I guess my philosophy around recruiting has always been my network and building out that network. And so the candidates and the hiring managers that I have always been in contact with, I ensured to build out a very good 
relationship with them. And so that those relationships, Lisa, kind of compounded into so many opportunities where people would reach out to me for consulting advice, recruiting advice, hiring advice. And I found myself really enjoying this. And then I thought to myself, maybe this is something I can do on my own. And so with my co-founder slash partner slash former colleague, we kind of decided to launch Pluck almost a year ago. And that was probably one of the most scariest things I've had to do. That's kind of where I'm at now. So it's been a journey. (laughs) And can you tell a little bit more about Pluck and what what is it that you're doing with your co-founder? Yes, yes, absolutely. So we are an executive search firm for pre-seed startups, pre-seed to series A. So that sweet spot that I really enjoy doing um, for founders in the AV, EV, robotic space, because that's where my network is. I like to say we're also a talent accelerator because once founders get funding, they come to Pluck to hire their core team or their executive level team or their leadership team. And so they want to hire fast. It's not a one-off role. It's kind of, we come in and build out the infrastructure, the recruiting people ops infrastructure, help that scale. And in tandem, we do the recruiting as well. So this is all like fantastic. I'd love to learn more what would be the biggest changes that you've observed across the, what, six, seven years that you've started recruiting at Waymo until now? What would you say are, like, how do you think the industry, especially from the recruiting standpoint, is changing? Even the jobs that you're hiring for or the types of people or just, yeah, industry. Or sizes of a, yeah, or maybe size of a company. Maybe it was more bigger company or more startups before. Now it's only anything, like any trends that you observe. So I see two biggest trends and I think have been very pivotal these last, this last year, really. With all of the layoffs in big tech, usually big tech has been the leader in attracting the best talent, having high standards for candidate experience and a really high bar for technical qualifications. And I have seen a bigger shift now. And I don't know if people have become sort of jaded to the layoffs, but people are more interested in the startup, in the startup companies now. There's less fear around it just because we've seen, you know, a lot of those layoffs and we've seen some startups having more security. I have found that candidates are looking to add more value and not just be a number. And so I think that's great. Another big change that I've seen is, of course, with artificial intelligence. According to a McKinsey article recently, 60 to 70% of people's jobs are going to be automated, right? And so there is a lot of fear around that, of course, but also I think there is, you know, opportunity to gain competitive advantage. And if you're not a tech company now, then you certainly will be in order to survive. And I also think that in the recruiting sense, as a recruiter myself, 
our jobs are going to be more automated, which I think is great. (laughs) There's a lot of manual work here. And so if we don't, as a leader in my company and my co-founder and I established the fact that we need to integrate a lot of these great resources that are out there so that we can be competitive, because if you're a recruiter or a founder that is not leveraging these types of technologies, then you will be left behind. So those are the two kind of biggest changes that I've seen. Since you do a lot of work with kind of pre-seed and series A, do you follow the track, the kind of VC funding or the focus for the VCs in terms of, like you were saying, AI, we know is kind of a big area now. Is that dictated, you know, how you're doing recruiting or it's just in parallel or what's your interaction? Yeah, that's a great question, Lisa. I think 50% of my partnerships are with VC firms. And so we work with their portfolio companies as well. And I still partner with the the VCs that are within the domain of AV, EV, and, and robotics. But the types of partnerships we have is they basically come to me, they say they have a founder, and we don't just work with with any founder within the pre-seed series A realm. We want founders to be coachable. (laughs) You'd be surprised how many founders don't know how to hire. And so we really come in to be that, that coach for them. We also prefer founders that have launched businesses before. I think that's that's also a, a key factor. It's not necessary, but that's what we look for. We do our diligence ourselves is what I'm saying. So they, we want to make sure they have enough runway for their funding. We want to make sure that they have the knowledge on what their valuations look like, what the methodologies look like. I'm also very shocked to learn that a lot of these founders don't know the intricacies of their equity play. We also, we're fortunate that we get to work with founders who have great VC backing like Sequoia Capital, A16Z, or they, you know, are YC alumni. Um, and then we also really dig into the mission and values and their leadership method, uh, methodologies, just because we're representing ourselves and we do diligence on both sides, on the candidate side and the client side. That makes sense. So considering you work with the VCs, I was wondering whether you also see that that, for instance, the areas that they ask you to find candidates in also follow the hottest areas. So now it's more in generative AI versus maybe some years ago it was robotaxis. And uh, what I'm seeing more and more these days, it's uh, now that the tracking becomes a little bit more interesting for, for some VCs, uh, not for all, obviously. So I was wondering whether you see like those trends also from a perspective of the types of products that the startups themselves are working on? Yes, absolutely. That's a great question, Carolina. So there has been a massive trend within AI. And, and it's so funny because AGI, Gen AI, it's, it's become such a spectrum to so many founders and VCs, but that is what is hot at the moment. And I remember when I launched my company a year ago, I had no idea where 
this journey was going to take me. I had, I, I, I just went in leveraging my network and it kind of compounded into the robotics, AV and AI, AI space. I didn't look for it. It just took me here because of the network, the opportunities and where people are investing in. And it's certainly within AI. Got it. Makes sense. And now I'm curious, like, I feel like you might be like, you know, a few steps ahead of the whole industry, right? Because things are not going to get built unless you hire those builders, right? And so I was wondering whether you have some some thoughts and uh, obviously no one has a crystal, but I'd be curious whether you have some suggestions or where do you think uh, the whole industry, either AV industry is going in the next five years or broadly understood transportation industry is heading or you know, if maybe not transportation, where do you think recruiting would go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, because most of, I I can't speak to the industry as a whole, but I can speak anecdotally to the founders that I'm working with now. And I've seen a pretty big shift in, especially in the driverless autonomous space, where there is a lot of the human in the loop element to not mm-hmm. strictly be for level four, level five, like the lifts, cruises, mm-hmm. most of the world. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of level two, three, mm-hmm. where it's scalable. It's it's able to be commercialized a lot sooner. And there is a big push for lowering that carbon footprint. So five, six, seven years ago, there was that massive push. It was a a tall order, right? To be Mm -hmm. level level five. But you see now that most vehicles being made in the world have some level two elements, even level three elements. And so I think people are taking advantage of, of being able to commercialize their business a lot quicker by leveraging those level two, level three elements. Yes, that makes perfect sense, right? I think AVs and especially robotaxis has been pretty hyped up seven, six, five years ago. And I think now it's cool cooling that off. And it makes perfect sense that, you know, maybe some sort of ADAS functionalities are more searched for. That's very interesting. Thank you very much. Well, you were saying that you don't know for sure in terms of the industry at large, but you can certainly talk about it from a recruiting standpoint of where things are going. You mentioned AI. In terms of like what you're being asked when you're filling positions and where you think it's going, where do you see AI in terms of like the experience that the people that you're recruiting must have, especially in relation to AVEV and in robotics, you know, that maybe you didn't have previously. What I've, you know, observed is there is a good amount of overlap of AV engineers, simulation perception engineers that have transitioned into the AI space just because they have the machine learning background. And so it's those skills can be transferable. And you know, we're hiring like prompt engineers, for instance. And these are, this is a role that was, that is fairly new. I mean, started about a year ago. 
you can't find a lot of people with a prompt engineering background, right? Because it didn't exist before. And so what we're doing is hiring a lot of, of machine learning engineers or folks with that as some sort of ML background to transition into roles like these. So it's it's certainly a very hot title right now. And sure. I see a lot of a lot of AV folks jumping into the opportunity. Yeah. So you obviously you've had this interesting path, and I'm sure that you haven't gotten there by yourself. Uh, you mentioned people around you, your connections, your network. But have you had any mentors or people that you've worked with that have been influential in your career? Absolutely. I'm fortunate to have a great support system. My core group is my family. Like I mentioned early on, they we're a family of entrepreneurs. Two older sisters who've uh, always inspired me. They have their own businesses. They don't want to age them, but they're 17, 18 years older than me. So I grew up around that. Um, and then I consider my manager from Applied Intuition, the autonomous vehicle software company, a mentor. He really helped me with the strategy portion of hiring for um, very complex roles. I think at Waymo, I was able to learn the intricacies of recruiting for AV companies, but at a startup for AVs, that's just a whole different animal, especially growing teams globally. So I consider him a a, a big uh, part of my growth from a career perspective. That's great. So I'm almost also curious, what would be your advice for maybe somebody that is only starting right now or is wants to shift their career towards uh, the automotive, AV uh, and mobility space? I'd be very curious to get, you know, from the recruiter, a very nice advice for, for somebody that's just breaking into it. Yeah, I love this question. I do get this question fairly often. And and the great thing about this space is that roles in AV, EV are still fairly new. You know, many people come with less direct experience, I would say, than your traditional like product manager, engineer role at a big tech company, right? Which is completely okay. Founders are looking for excellence and ambition over an exact background. So I want to highlight that it is okay to not fit into the exact criteria of the job description, but to learn how to sell yourself into the role that you want. And how do you do that? So you you determine what capabilities you have that add value to the position and the company. Anecdotes that showcase challenges you've overcome in your job or any significant accomplishments. And this goes without saying for any job, really. On top of that, you know, the tone in your interview is important. Don't be afraid to speak passionately about something and, and have that conviction. So that's, that's a piece of advice that I'd recommend. Fantastic. So excellence, passion, and just apply because you might not fit, uh, check all the boxes up front. That's, that's a great yeah, piece of advice. Learn, yeah. I think learning how to sell yourself and the way you do that is, speak to historical data points of of any significant accomplishments that you've done in your career and that and that goes a long way fantastic 
That's great advice. So we like to do like a little quick fire where we just ask you like the first thing that kind of comes to mind, just a fun little, fun little game that we like to play. So what is your favorite mode of transportation? I would say an airplane. Oh, any travel far. (laughs) Oh, travel far. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually uh, going to Poland, Carolina. So I'm excited about that. No, yeah, no way we have to connect about it offline. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what is your favorite city or area for transportation? Ooh, Montreal. Oh, nice. I don't think anyone's ever said that one before. Okay, great. No, underrated. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, another woman that you admire. I would have to say my two older sisters who are both entrepreneurs. So they've inspired me a ton. That's great. I think these were the last question from a fire chat. We could continue this conversation forever, but we do have to get going. Uh, The last question we have for you, if our listeners would love to connect with you, what's the best way? Is it LinkedIn? Is it uh, not Twitter, now X or Fred? Or how would you suggest all of the above i'm on linkedin i'm on x you can email us at hello at pluck.com and that's p-l-v-c-k.com okay perfect thank you so much Steph. it was a pleasure chatting with you thank you so much thank you if you like what you've heard please make sure to subscribe and forward us to a friend stay tuned for what's to come thanks for listening bye